0: I'm Kate Daniels, and I feel privileged to have Dr. Carlene Brown with us this morning. Dr. Brown is music. She is the director of the music therapy department at Seattle Pacific University. Music therapy might be a new phrase to your ears, and if so, be ready to be amazed about this field that has some decades of history to it, but is really just gaining a great foothold here in Washington State. So let's meet Dr. Brown. And learn more. Talking about music therapy. This is really a new concept for me, but I must say, I am so excited by this really vast field and all the potential and really fun, but so much learning and so much that can be done for for everyone, I think, is what it is. But that's just me with what little I've read. So, Dr. Brown, give us an insight into what music therapy is, because you've certainly devoted a lot of your life to this.
1: I have. Um, As a musician, I think um, any and all musicians would understand what it means to have the power of music, to use it as a tool. And the opportunity with music therapy is to be intentional with that use of music. And the populations that we serve could be any number from infant through uh, senior level of age. But it really is using music as a means to work with individuals, to um, meet goals individual clinical goals. So it varies, and the power of music is really um, quite moving uh, as a career to pursue the interest of how do you use
0: music with individuals. And you certainly then as a musician used it that way. But then you made this, I would say, you took a fork in the road, essentially, and are pursuing music therapy. So what happened in your life or what was going on around you that you thought music therapy this is what needs to happen?
1: I hear this actually often from a high school student uh, and that's what happened to me is that um, going through those high school years and how difficult they were music was the way to calm me down to get me focused to experience the range of emotions. I am a classically trained pianist I love playing. And so whether it was through live music engagement or just listening to music, I just appreciated the impact music had on me. And it was a high school counselor that talked to me about my interest in psychology and the interest in music. And she said, did you know that there was a field called music therapy? And that is typically what is happening with high school students. They didn't know that there was a way to marry the two. How do I use music that is not just about performance? But I really wanted to find a way to serve and use music, Um, one-on-one in small group settings. And the two interests seemed to come together. And um, really, once I started that path, I've never looked back. Isn't that just so wonderful and amazing to have a
0: passion in that area, to find what it is that suits you and to be able to live your life doing the work that you love.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I enjoy playing. I enjoy that moment of making music with great musicians, but there's even more joy when you are working with a child and you're singing a song that they seem to lock into. When you bring a piece of music to someone in the hospital and they say, that's my best friend, and I understand what they mean about having music be that piece, that, that's what's needed in the middle of the night um, in a hospital setting. A way to calm down when, um, whether I am playing for an individual or within a group and you can see one's shoulders start to lower and they're breathing differently. Um, it's, a, it's a way to use one's music to connect.
0: And that is what you're doing. So you came from being a student of music therapy, having your degree. And did you then move to the West Coast? Did you move to the Seattle area to do the work?
1: Actually, no. I moved to from Boston area, and I was hired as a music educator and someone who actually had the training in music therapy fairly quickly when I earned my undergraduate degree. Uh, I was in the school systems in Boston, and yet I really wanted to understand more this notion of the power of music, and was not interested in a performance degree and other types of degrees that are typical for someone with a music background, and found um, a unique program at the University of Washington in Seattle. It's called Systematic Musicology, and it's a research degree, because I wanted to understand really what are the mechanisms that really do allow music to influence behavior, And uh, I was one of the few uh, in this region that understood uh, music therapy. I was the only one that was a graduate student in the department pursuing this. So my area of coming to uh, Seattle was to understand research behind the importance, the efficacy, the what is it about music that has the potential to change behavior. And so research has now become my area of focus.
0: Along with teaching, though, because you are at Seattle Pacific University, and you are teaching music therapy, or theory is one of the classes. That's the, what, the freshman class that you teach? Yes,
1: I teach uh, first-year uh, sequence of music theory, um, which all music majors take. Uh, and that's a way for me to, to actually get to know all the music majors in the department. But about eight years ago, I had the opportunity to develop um, a curriculum for music therapy. We are the only program in the state of Washington. I've had enormous support from the administration of Seattle Pacific to um, develop this program and it came from the students. I didn't come to SPU with this notion of starting the program, but at SPU, the students really wanted to understand how could they use their music in non-traditional ways. They perform, they're in churches, they are uh, gigging all the time but it was something about using music to serve others. That was a hook. And one thing led to another. Again, I've received tremendous support. And so we now have a music therapy program. It's very strong. Um, And so I teach core courses in music therapy. I advise the students, those that are interested in coming to the program, as well as those that we have in the program all the way through graduation. But I also teach other classes in the department. And it's a four-year degree? Four-plus years. It's a fairly rigorous degree program. Students take, uh, they are first and foremost musicians, and so they took all of the classes of a music major. And then there are additional core courses that are required from the American Music Therapy Association, courses in psychology, quite a few psychology classes, such as general psychology, abnormal psychology, developmental psychology. These are courses that are expected of a music therapy student. Um, Anatomy and physiology is typical. And then we have core courses um, uh, in our department, the psychology of music, music and special ed, um, music and medicine, music and mental health. These are core classes that students begin to understand what does it mean to functionally use music with various populations. They understand the theory, the research, and the clinical aspects of music therapy. They also go through practicum experiences at the undergraduate level. So at minimum of 180 hours of being out in the field supervised by board-certified music therapists. And that's a basic four-year curriculum. And again, it's fairly rigorous because they are also meeting university requirements toward graduation, but they're not done. Um, uh, After the four years of academic work, there's an expectation that all music therapy students, they apply and they compete for a national position in an internship. So our students go out on their own and seek and secure an internship for six months, typically non-paid somewhere in the country. And after the six months of full-time internship, they're still not done. They have to then sit for a three-hour board exam. And if they successfully pass that board exam, that national exam, then they get to earn the designation um, Music Therapist Board Certified. So it is quite a program. There's quite a commitment that's needed. There are many skills that are required, first and foremost being a musician, strong musician, and a, a desire to serve with that gift. You're, you're, I tell my students often, it's not about you. It's how you use what you have to serve someone else. Um, and so there's quite a bit that's expected of a music therapy student, but then the rewards are huge.
0: And it sounds as though there has been a great interest in it, which is why you have developed this program. And... Have you seen those results? Have the students then continued with it? Have they really immersed themselves in it and graduated from it?
1: Oh, yeah. The, the students of um, Seattle Pacific University Music Therapy, I'm partial toward <laughs> them, of course. But uh, they're, they're fairly incredible. I mean, there's, there's um, quite an audition and interviewing process that we've established, Uh, to accept students in the program. So there is a demand for the program. And we interview, we're looking for a number of qualities, musicianship being one, but it's beyond that. A sense of empathy, a sense of serving, uh, a maturity, because you are working with vulnerable individuals. And uh, and a work ethic means a great deal. I I tell my students, I, I never ask them if they're practicing. That's an assumption. Um, so um, our students are, once they complete the program, um, fortunately, they are being hired. Uh, music therapy has become one of those jobs in the nation that's considered a cool job right now. Um, because of the um, having a degree program in the state of Washington and our students being out in the community doing practicum work, We have more employers now seeking our students for hire. Um, But some of our students, when they do uh, an internship in another part of the country, they actually uh, become employed there. I just received a text yesterday that our latest graduate just passed her board exam and has a full-time position in San Diego. Very proud of her and I get those texts and that's very rewarding. Um, we well, have students in New York and Philadelphia, um, Chicago, and sometimes they choose to stay there and they are earning good jobs. Um, but those jobs are also developing in Washington State. Um, I think it's partly due to um, an awareness of what music therapy is. I think our students are huge ambassadors when they go out into the field. Um, we also have a core group of um, highly professional and established music therapists here in this region who are doing phenomenal work, uh, who are mentoring our students. And so the level of professionalism and um, what it means to have a music therapist on staff is beginning to, um, there's an awareness growing. And so now there are more jobs than there are music therapy students.
0: Well, that is definitely a big plus it's a big and test. has to be encouraging to those who are really considering the field. It's like, I'm not going to invest all this time and, and money, And course, money, yes, uh, and, not, and come out and not have a position. Those positions are there. So that's definitely very exciting. And you mentioned the population that's worked with. I mean, it's the gamut from infants to geriatric and obviously all in between as well. When you uh, so, can we take a, a little look then at those populations with infants? What's going on with babies and music therapy?
1: Um, there's quite a bit of um, of work, particularly in Florida, with um, um, with sucking and the ability of using music to uh, stimulate sucking and in teaching moms how to use music as a means to, especially with newborns and um, um, premature in- infants, um, how to uh, console but also teach the sucking mechanism. And music is a way to trigger um, uh, that as an example. Um, but through the gamut of ages, uh, you're, you're correct in that um, music therapists are working in the school systems. Um, we have a number of students uh, here in this region who are working with children on the um, autism spectrum, for instance. Um, how to use music as a way to uh, increase socialization. How to use music as a way to focus and and give um, direction and appropriate responses. Um, working with the teachers in the classroom, um, using music as a trigger and as a mechanism for learning. Um, we have... Even in downtown Seattle, we have um, students working with homeless youth uh, who are walking in uh, to um, New Horizons, for instance, as a means, as an um, opportunity to just engage in a um, uh, with no expectations of just being there and with a student make music. Some of our students are teaching maybe guitar, maybe drumming, Uh, There are group sessions, Um, it's um, an opportunity where there's no stress, no expectation, you can just come as you are, and music is the medium for acceptance, and safety, and sometimes lyrics are being um, uh, created as a way to express what's going on in one's life, Um, they can sing, they can act out appropriately, and music is the medium to do so. Um, We have students who are working with older populations as a means to help with reality orientation and uh, movement, keeping their bodies engaged, and um, um, uh, memory. um, There's a host of reasons why um, music therapists are used with older populations. Um, Socialization is also a huge one. Um, So... Just even within this region, um, the hospital settings, using music as a means for controlling pain, particularly invasive treatments. Um, Music therapists are at Children's Hospital, they're at Swedish Hospital, they're at the UW Medical Center these days. um, Because physicians are also seeing, and caregivers, how music can have a difference with an individual, whether it's passing time, whether it's distraction, whether it's relaxation, um, as a means to just deal and cope. Um, not everybody wants verbal interaction. Mm-hmm. There are ways to create music and express oneself without having to put words into it. Um, and, and, uh, music therapists can work with not only the individual, but the family as well. Um, so it does run the gamut from Premature infants through aged uh, seniors um, at an older age. Um, it's as unique and as varied as a music therapist can bring to the table.
0: And then they perhaps also adapt with whatever's coming into the program and the people that they meet.
1: Yes, and that's, you know, that's a fundamental difference, for instance, between uh, music education and music therapy, where there, there are no lesson plans. You don't walk in with a prescribed, we're going to do this today. A music therapist that's trained understands you come in with enough of, um, I tell students, what are you, what's in your back pocket? What are you ready to present? Because assessment is key. You're walking in to assess how is that individual? Uh, How has their day been? Uh, Are there meds involved? Are there any interactions you should know about? And so that means you are starting with where that individual is at to meet a goal. So coming in with a game plan, potentially, but there's an adaptability, there's a creativity involved, there's a need to be in the moment, and you're going to meet that individual where they are, where they're at. And you understand what the goal is that could be set by a physician or a social worker or educational individual. But how we're going to get there is going to be in the moment using music.
0: So exciting. And there just seems this limitless potential of things that that can be done. And when you mentioned dealing with pain, controlling pain, that really intrigues me. That's such an issue in our society, uh, pain Pain control, I guess, but there's been over-medication. Medications don't work beyond a certain place. What happens
1: with music that's able to deal with this? And that is my research area. That is my fascination ever since I was at the University of Washington um, working through a dissertation at Virginia Mason Hospital studying the effect of music on pain management. And the bottom line is that because... There's a psychology behind pain perception, that it can be um, influenced. Um, Music can be a medium for individuals for the purpose of distraction, for the purpose of relaxation. Um, uh, um, um, There's a way to use music um, that is personable. Um, uh, There is no one particular piece of music that will work for any one individual. That's where music therapist works with people to understand who they are and what matters to them. But if you can get someone to break the cycle of tension and pain and allow relaxation, that's uh, a chance to heal. If you can alter time in terms of not getting medication for the next hour, and yet I can make that hour go by faster and easier, then that's a goal. Uh, And these are techniques that can be taught to individuals so that working with a music therapist so that you can learn triggers to use music as a means to um, relax one's mind, relax one's body, focus on what's important, using music as a focal point. And you can do that at 3 in the morning or 3 in the afternoon. But teachable skills of using music to control pain which is so great.
0: You don't have to go pop a pill. Uh, We know the disasters that have happened with that, uh, the addictions that have occurred. But if we get addicted to music, that probably is soothing the body.
1: And being able to talk to individuals more about how we can control our pain to some extent. There is a means of... Mind over body. How do you use music purposefully, intentionally? And that's how a music therapist can work with individuals. And we've been doing that um, to help steady uh, gait, for instance, when you're walking. And in, if there's an uncomfortableness, how do you use rhythm to walk and, and um, to even lower one's heartbeat, even? Um, so understanding how the connection of using music to alter one's physiology um, there is a connection, and there's a great deal of research behind it and so the goal is having music therapists on site to work with individuals to understand that the pill is a way, but it's not the only way
0: exactly and it's also so interesting to hear you say it's not a particular piece of music that everyone listens to it's that, that's really chosen based on the person and, and we all kind of, I guess, resonate in different ways. Everything is very individualized, it sounds like. Exactly.
1: That's a fundamental um, key piece, at least for me and uh, with uh, our students, is that when I say it's not about them, I mean that. It is not about their preference. To understand what and how music has been used with another individual, a client's life, uh, anything, anything will go. If someone wants rock music, that's fine. Uh, the only thing I, I get concerned about is maybe the volume level, but if that's their comfort zone, if that's going to bring back memories, if that's a point of joy for someone that can, um, again, if it's an issue of uh, changing the time frame of how long they're having a procedure or distraction from something innocuous that's happening to them, um, then anything at all, Is appropriate as far as I'm concerned, and it's talking to an individual about now what might work. Um, What you listen to when you're um, in a very difficult commute might be different from what you're listening to when you're cleaning your house, which might be (laughs) different than when you are jogging. We use music in different ways, and so just teasing that a little bit and understanding, okay, you're not feeling great. But I bet you there's something that we could find that's going to help you feel better. And even that state of mind is better than being in a place of worry and tension and concern. And if I can do anything to alter that, then it's worth it.
0: And listening to the music, is it to be played to fill the room? Uh, Do people listen on their headphones? Do they listen
1: with earbuds? Does that matter? It's all of the above. Okay. Um, it and one that you didn't mention is live music.
0: Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Right.
1: Sure. So Absolutely. it really depends on the setting. Um, personally, live music has a is a way of filling that space, um, engaging an individual. Um, uh, you know, I I personally also, uh, you know, I listen to music via speakers and headphones, and as most folks do. But it is that engagement of having live music in the moment that has, I feel, the most impact. Um, If a music therapist has the ability to make live music with an individual, we're able to actually watch that individual. I could match their breathing rate. I could match their gait. I could match their body. I can see if I'm on the right track or wrong. A a concept that I talk about with my students, especially in the music and medicine classes, uh, we talk about if music can heal, can it not also be at the other end of the continuum? So we can hurt with music. We can make someone feel um, even sadder. Um, If you put the wrong piece of music on for me, I can feel, feel... Uh, the tension, I can feel negative, I could be annoyed, I could be there are a host of emotions that can go with that and so just putting on um, a piece of music and, and putting headphones on me would be, you're taking a huge risk because what if I don't like that and what if I don't have the means to exactly tell you that Yes. so we don't play around with the power of music we take it quite seriously and the only way to do that is to be the best way is to be um, in the space with the individual, preferably live music to watch and make sure that we're offering the best we can in terms of care. And then outside of that, making sure that the music that is being listened to is what the individual wants to hear. Um, there are pieces of music that would aggravate me in a, within seconds if I heard it. That defeats the purpose.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: There is a continuum. And as a music therapist, if we are to aim to to serve, to uh, make someone feel better, to make it um, uh, healing take place, we're aiming for something that's going to work for that individual. The only way to know that is, A, to ask them. And in lieu of that, watch carefully and observe.
0: And that's where you were saying the student who comes to the program needs to be someone who is compassionate and empathetic and you're able to determine that. And I would imagine they already expect that. And if, if it's not working, do they leave the program? Has that happened?
1: Oh, sure. Um, uh, especially the 18-year-old who comes with a, a, an idea of what music therapy is all about. Um, but again, there's, there's not only the academic rigor, it's quite a program to get through. But then early on, we are one of the few programs in the, in the country, actually, that places students in their freshman year in practicum sites um, to observe, to understand what it means to do the work. Um, most of our students not only embrace it, but they thrive. This is what they wanted. For some students... didn't quite fit the picture of what they thought, or they just knew within themselves they did not have the capacity, either musically or um, just that level of sensitivity of what it means to be patient and and the number of things that it goes into a therapeutic environment. Um, And so I work with students to often... um, gauge how they're doing in terms of their vocation. Um, and that's fine if they have taken a look at the field and decided, this isn't for me. That That's great.
0: Right. Yes, that's what it's all about. Yes,
1: what it's all about. <laughs>
0: but we have found that here is a, an intriguing, really compelling field that is really still quite new, but a great opportunity for someone who loves music, loves people, loves to be of service. There is such great opportunity, and we are going to talk further about what is happening here in our Puget Sound area. But Dr. Carlene Brown, thank you so much for giving us this really great insight into music therapy here in the Seattle area.